This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to another broadcast of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for joining me today. We're talking about Black America's quest for peace in a house divided. It's kind of tough to talk about tough subjects, so I started, or I decided to start with a poem that I wrote maybe about 30 years ago. The name of the poem is Peace. So warm, so kind, serene and clear, to shut out danger and stifle fear, understanding clean where love abound, never has the gentler place been found. So full of wisdom, direct from God, quiet and calm, with nothing loud. The peace of God dressed up in love, overshadowing like the clouds above. The peace that says nothing, yet understands all. Peace that when we stumble, won't let us fall. When all around us, there's sinking sand. Reach up out of troubles, peace, that's God's great hand. When sickness and the doctor knows not what to do, the peace of God saying, I'll take care of you. When we've run out of money and the bills are unpaid, the peace that says, I'm with you, be not afraid. When surrounded by trouble and we want to give up the fight, the peace that whispers, hold your head up, I'll make everything all right. When pain and deception surround you and you feel the need to hide, the peace of God will hold you. Omnipotent understanding becomes your pride. The peace that gently surrounds babies until a smile comes over the face. So comforting like a warm bath, the quiet smell of peace fills the place. Peace is God's own special gift. When you feel it, you know God is there. Peace is the very breath of God that smooths out doubt and fear. More valuable than money or all the riches in the world, the peace of God be with you all. It is God's own precious pearl. I wrote that piece, like I said, about 30 years ago, and I believe I was in a bad place and I needed to say something about peace. Well, today, as I indicated, we're talking about Black America's quest for peace in a house divided. It is the desire of every human being, no matter where he or she is from, no matter what race, color, creed, or gender, to achieve peace. Peace that says you can be anything or achieve any goal that you desire. Even the second paragraph of the United States Declaration of Independence proclaims, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Of course, this was a fancy way of saying peace, peace that was afforded as a natural right available to every human being, even prior to the rule of law. Our streets have been occupied for the past few weeks by protesters marching on a quest for peace. Today, our nation's peace is at hand. No, not just the still quietness that comes at the end of an argument, a falling out or a fight. No, being black in America has forced every black man and every black woman into a space, an area of having to demand equality and justice. I am grateful that over the past few weeks, we have seen the young, the old, the rich, the poor, whites, blacks, Jews, Gentiles, 
Catholics, Protestants, middle class and homeless all standing together, shoulder to shoulder and marching for a common cause, a cause that affects everyone. The scene made me consider the word of God in Matthew 11th chapter 12th verse. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffer violence and the violent take it by force. Please understand that this is the violence that compels one to care so much and so deeply about the cause that one sacrifices himself, practicing self-denial, selflessness to advance the cause. That might mean going to jail or being labeled disruptive. I get excited because few pay attention to the times in which we live and even fewer fully understand that likened to the events that took place within Bible days. We, the African-American community, are having to take our equality, our liberty, our opportunities, our future, and that of our children, and most importantly, our peace. We have been driven to demand what is rightfully ours by force. That is, speaking out, marching, organizing, mobilizing, and strategizing as we, while being black in America, demand our peace. And we must. Now allow me to be very clear. In Hebrew, peace is shalom. In Greek, erini. It is the ideal of totality, completeness, success, fulfillment, wholeness, safety, harmony, security, and well-being. It is the hope and dream of every human being. No doubt it was the vision of every enslaved individual. However, it is also the insurmountable journey of every black man, as it seems we within the African-American community struggle against social injustice and systemic racism in our quest for peace daily. A fight that has been apparent for as long as the African-American community has been black and inhabitants of America. Yes, slavery was said to have ended back in 1862. In the late 1800s, President Abraham Lincoln even wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, declaring freedom for all. All men are created equal, he proclaimed. Yet the great America in the year 2020 still struggles with the idea of those who are black in America enjoying the same peace that every white man and every white woman are allowed to enjoy the very same peace for which we all hunger and thirst. In this great country, much blood is being spilled in our streets so that the blood, sweat, and tears of all, black and white, every race, color, creed, and national origin runs together. Moreover, I must still point out that the innocent blood of black men are shed disproportionately at greater rates than any other men at the dirty hands of law enforcement. However, I want you to note or take note even pictures of this current movement as it is a most beautiful, colorful sight to behold. Those marching, chanting, and mobilized in this great movement has moved or made no differences of race or color. Even more importantly, they are from all, and I do mean all, different walks of life, and the colors run all together. Black, brown, caramel, dark chocolate, yellow, red, white, off-white, biracial. I will say today, 
We even fight in the streets, literally, to claim our peace, taking it by force in the midst of violence by the very hands of some who have sworn to protect and serve. You see, the single thing that makes us all equal, all congruent, and all human is our quest for peace. Now, this peace of which I speak is not the peace that precedes quiet. You know, older people often said, I need some peace and quiet, meaning they would find a semblance of peace within the absence of noise, especially the noise or ruckus we kids would make. I'm sure every parent or child caregiver would agree that sound at the end of the long day or even in the middle of a day, nap time, of course, was a beautifully welcomed, silent melody to the ears. But it is not the peace for which each human being longs. No, not at all. I believe Nelson Mandela provided the most thoughtful, comprehensive explanation of the peace after which we all so desperately seek. According to Nelson Mandela, peace is not just the absence of conflict. Peace is the creation of an environment where all can flourish regardless of race, color, creed, religion, gender, class, caste, or any other social markers of difference. When I pondered this definition, the word flourish stood out to me. To flourish is to grow and develop in a healthy, vigorous, and successful way. That definition alone made me excited. It made me contemplate the possibilities of real peace for all, blacks and whites alike. Have you ever considered weeds or wildflowers? It seems God planted them at some point in time, and they truly flourish, growing healthy, vigorously, and successfully. No one takes care to water or fertilize them, and they still thrive flawlessly and completely unencumbered. The very thought gives me goosebumps when I use that analogy as a metaphor for my African-American communities in America. My God, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream, a vision of justice for all, a nation of peace. What if, what if blacks were truly afforded the opportunity to pursue true peace as discussed by Nelson Mandela What if the environment allowed all to flourish, grow and develop as successfully and vigorously as one's heart could conceive? What if there were no limitations to our achievements except one's own belief system as to what he or she could actually do? What if we all saw one another as strong, positive possibilities devoid of preconceived notions with color limits? What if everyone everyone was treated equally. Truly, justice would run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. The very idea of us all being equal is a beautiful thought. However, the same thought causes some anxiety or causes some people anxiety and represents the two-edged sword of our coexistence in this country. You see, the beauty of our differences is consistently marred by the inability of some people, just some, to appreciate those diversities, rather using the same as markers to exact injustice and inequality. The same attributes that makes our collective communities so beautiful are the very same being used to drive a wedge between black and white Americans. But I do have some good news. 
I would like to expound upon promising reports that someone, quite a few people, have concluded that black peace and white peace, our collective peace, all runs cohesively together. Therefore, justice must become an entity enjoyed by everyone, both blacks and whites, unanimously, or the peace of everyone will unanimously be interrupted. Truly, there is no peace in the absence of justice for all. No justice, no peace. When I see that on several occasions and over weeks of protesting, the whites marching or standing at times outnumbered my black sisters and brothers, I realized that someone has gotten a full view of the whole picture. You see, in spite of evil intentions, God is always able to bring some good. Allow me to put it this way. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I have heard so many, even some from the faith community, asking, what's really going on in America? What's really going on? I say the great house, America the beautiful, is breaking down under the shame of double standards and disparaging social inequities. No, the culprit, while present, is not COVID-19. Not at all. It is systemic racism, 2020, that stems from a tumultuous, contentious history of systemic racism peppered with social inequities. I know someone must remember that declaration on New Year's Eve just six short months ago. 2020 was declared the year of perfect vision. Another said 2020 was the year of perfect equity, a year of balance. Well, there is power in the tongue. And finally, finally, America must balance the equity of her blacks and whites as the world is viewing America through 2020 vision, a condition far too obvious to overlook and much too serious to continue to ignore. The George Floyds, Ahmaud Arbery's, Breonna Taylor's, Trayvon Martin's, and so many more, all were valuable, loved, and cherished sisters and brothers from the black community, but each marked another downstroke on the broad canvas of America's humanity. Each unique in his or her own place, no disrespect intended, but each was just another bloody fingerprint on America's long arms of injustice. Need I remind you that no matter how many acquittals the broken judicial system hands down, God has promised that what's done in the dark will always be brought to the light. And each must pay for the deeds, good or bad, that he or she has done. America has to be brought to her knees if she cannot get the two halves together. You see, two halves make a whole, but if the two halves are never conjoined, if the two are never equally realized and afforded real peace pervasively, the two cannot coexist as God intended, and the two represent a house divided against itself. Now, according to God's word, as in Mark the third chapter, 24th and 25th verses. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Someone needs to share with the president of this great nation that he got it all wrong because America, a stolen land, which was built on the backs of a stolen people, has never been great. 
And as long as she refuses acknowledgement and repent of past transgressions and honor and respect all citizens' rights equally today, she can never be great, not in the past, present, nor future, until it is one whole repentant nation, not the black half and a separate white half, not the deserving half and the undeserving half. No, that has not and will not ever work, casting a shadow of hopelessness on America's future as well. I repeat, America, this beautiful country and the people, the beautiful God-given people and the people that God has blessed to partake in it can never be truly great as a nation until it is truly whole. And it cannot be truly whole until every man, woman, boy, and girl are allowed unwavering, inalienable rights embedded in that peace that Nelson Mandela so eloquently described. You see, even God's word in Matthew's 12th chapter, 25th verse, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Now, these are not my words. Please note, God's word made no provisions for how this divided house might be able to slip in or stand through bribery, stimulus checks, armed guards, or curfews. No, the words cannot stand are quite final. No footnotes, no parenthetical data. So please don't kill the messenger. Please don't beat up on me for telling the sad truth. Allow me to say that America is that house. That house today, and if you have been watching this country, which is being led by so many individuals who would like to have a black America and a white America, all making up this nation, have been too comfortable for far too long with having a superior segment of the nation and an inferior segment, a desire that will not work if the nation continues to be divided or separated. And true peace, true peace is not made freely available to or realized by all, things will continue to fall apart. All must realize that this is not a negotiation. Either all men will be able to enjoy unalienable rights or none will be able to enjoy those same inalienable rights. Contrary to popular belief, this is an ideal that is far from a democracy as a democracy allows the people which is the meaning of demo in the word democracy, but it allows the people to vote and decide their fate. Not this time, as God's word explained a long, long time ago, that a house divided cannot and will not stand. Just in case you are still stuck in a confusing query of what's going on in America, the beautiful, allow me to reiterate. America is still trying to function as two separate halves, the black half and the white half. And under God's law, even from the divinely prolific words of Jesus Christ, a house divided cannot, I repeat, cannot stand. According to the late great Martin Luther King Jr., injustice to anyone anywhere is injustice to everyone everywhere. So, as a single segment of America's society struggles under the agony of injustice, 
The pain reverberates throughout all of America. And yes, everyone suffers. In other words, we are all joined by humanity and our common quest for peace. If we are to occupy the same house, live in the same country, we must all join together in unity. Finally, finally, my sisters and brothers, it seems the message has reached a large segment of our white brothers and sisters that as long as this house we call America remains divided, then the fate of every man, woman, boy, and girl, regardless of race, color, creed, or origin, who lives in the house is fitly joined together. My pain and your pain are neither quelled by the boundaries of color nor social class. As long as any of my sisters and brothers cannot freely access life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that abides under the umbrella of peace, then none can fully enjoy the peace for which every human spirit so violently longs. As I watched the events of the past few weeks and months unfold, I heard the emerging theme, being black in America, being black in America could never fully be understood unless you are black and live in America. You see, being black in America consists of an overt understanding of who you black man and you black woman, who you are and how you are too often perceived by our white counterparts. While I thank God for it in its place, I have never been a fan of affirmative action as it has always provided an underlying conversation, the elephant in the room, that allows others, especially those of other races, to represent promotions, opportunities, or privilege afforded blacks as favors provided only due to the color of one's skin. Only because you are black, never attributing one's accomplishments, placements, positions, or achievements to skill, hard work, perseverance, and the stick to itness that so many of us toil with to get to various levels and positions of success. That has always bothered me because even when affirmative action may have played a part in getting blacks in the door, our skills, education, qualifications, a positive work ethic, hard dedicated work and perseverance still had to persist to keep us in those very positions. And we are still talking about the darker segment of America who have worked diligently and feverishly, oftentimes with scraps, less than, or the bare necessities in many cases that our people were actually allowed. Someone said we worked twice and three times as hard as our white counterparts just to be accounted for. Please understand I appreciate the efforts of white America to, as they say, level the playing field, but I take offense to the leveled field narrative of a place where field Negroes are given opportunities for which we are neither qualified nor capable. Both are too often characteristically and categorically lies to again keep a half of the American dreamers in a posture of inferiority. Again, please do not lose sight in translation of the fact that blacks, just as well as whites, are capable of achieving or gaining qualifications if and when given, not a handout or a favor, but 
equal opportunity. We have in the past and continue to show formidable resilience, refusing to accept the racial intimidation that comes with the white racist labels that have been unfairly thrust upon us. Please hear me when I say I am grateful for President Kennedy's foresight to introduce affirmative action in 1961 to redress persistent discrimination in spite of the same civil rights laws and constitutional guarantees that still exist today. I commend Lyndon B. Johnson, who made certain that the practice was developed and enacted in 1965. But please know that affirmative action was intended as a temporary fix to level the playing field. After 55 years of a so-called level field, I say it is time to reap from that which was sown so, so many years ago by our brave, valiant ancestors who fertilized the same proverbial fields with their own blood, sweat, and tears. Please know that you and I, black man, black woman, we are the hope and prayer of those who selflessly gave of themselves, those selfless slaves. We cannot afford to give anyone the peace and quiet that is being demanded by some of our leaders, even in the face of martial law and under the threat of being arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I love my children too much to sit quietly, passively, while anyone charts a destructive path of separation between blacks and whites. After all, I believe it was God's plan that we, blacks and whites, would need each other equally to survive. See, my children and your children and our grandchildren and generations to come are depending on us to do our part in cultivating a place of peace and unity, a place where all can flourish, thrive, and be free. I repeat, we share this house called America. And the house, if you are still confused, the house is divided. I believe black America has sown so much in the stolen fields yes, stolen from Native Americans, that after 55 years, we should be able to reap that which our ancestors have sown. The word of God said, pluck up that which has been planted. After more than half a century, being black in America should yield equality, civil rights, and no more social injustices or overt racism under the guise of making America great again. The term black America or black in America should no longer serve as a placeholder. After all, we are Americans and the Satan continues to draw attention to the narrative, a footnote, the black half of America. This simple quest for humanity, for every black person in America, for peace must be respected and accepted by all from top to bottom and pervasively throughout every community. It seems the more things change, the more they stay the same. Please know that it was Abraham Lincoln who made the house divided speech as far back as June 16, 1858 in Springfield, Illinois, some 162 years ago, in which he made reference to the need for America to either choose to embrace slavery for all states or abolish slavery in all states. The choice was either all or none. Whichever the country decided, all states must follow suit because he quoted Jesus Christ, a house divided cannot stand. It was Martin Luther King Jr. 
who delivered the soul-stirring I Have a Dream speech on August 28, 1963, ironically at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., some 57 years ago, in which he spoke of his dream, even a vision of transforming the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, he said, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. When I consider the copious words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I smile because the world has joined together black faces and white faces, Jews and Gentiles, Catholics and Protestants. People are working together, praying together, struggling together, marching together, and yes, even going to jail together. It seems 57 years after the late great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke those prolific words, people have picked up where the March on Washington left off and are carrying the same beacon of hope that was once carried by our fearless leaders in the spirit of our ancestors who dared to stand up and demand our right to freely receive life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in their quest in yesteryears for our peace today. No, not just in this house, this country we call America, but people of diverse ethnicities, various cultures, and other countries all over the world are crying out for America's peace as well. My God, we are living in perilous times when men and women can be lynched in broad daylight, on camera, in front of spectators, and still receive acquittals. Acquittal after acquittal after acquittal. There is total disregard for dear God-given life. But today, here and now, I still proclaim unequivocally, black lives matter. Black lives matter. Your life matters. My life matters. Black lives really do matter. You see, far more than just black faces realize that our faith, that of blacks and whites, rich and poor, Jews and Gentiles, is fully intermingled with each other. The man is no man. No man is an island. And without us all succeeding, none of us can truly realize success. The undeniable cycle continues. As God's word has stated, a house divided cannot stand. And we all are in pursuit of life, liberty, and the realization of happiness. The social trinity that truly amounts to real peace. If only one half of the house achieves peace and the other half continues to struggle disproportionately for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the house remains divided. Therefore, America, no matter how strategically planned or well-intentioned, can never be great again as long as it remains divided, lacking wholeness. That wholeness that Nelson Mandela so eloquently named peace. That which makes each of us, regardless of color, creed, origin, or social class, equal. That, that is our constant pursuit of peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict, you see. It is the unencumberability of, of us all to be all that we can be. The president's foolish rhetoric claims to make America great again. Did he not get the memo, a house divided? against itself 
cannot stand or win. No need to choose where you fit in on the black or white side. See, our fate all runs together while unity, our common beacon and guide. President continues to proclaim that he was certainly God sent, but so was Gabriel, a devil cast down in shame, God's warning to all Earth's inhabitants. America the beautiful was her noble claim, her cry, yet the innocent blood that runs through her streets is never overlooked by God's omniscient eyes. A dream was dreamt by a man one day, the people called him king. He dreamt of an America where we all would overcome in spite of unthinkable things. We are members of the darker brothers who have struggled for so long. A testament to resilience and brilliance with roots unmovable and strong. Oh yes, a rich and noble legacy born from kings and queens survived. Today we've accepted America, our humble abode, yet still waiting for our peace to arrive. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is what every human is due. No thought for color, race, or creed, just the proclamation promise we hold on to. We embrace America's soil from whence ancestors' blood, sweat, and tears still cry. Just common courtesy of whites and blacks, all receiving an equal piece of the American pie. From royalty to slavery, then Lincoln said we were free. Yet the oxymoron of so-called limitless freedom, a farce for the whole world to see. Red, yellow, black, and white are also beautiful in God's perfect sight. Some elected officials continue against equality for all to vigorously fight. A stolen land built on the backs of stolen people is quite a legacy. No one's been sentenced, no prayer for repentance, and we still call it land of the free. They said this country is a solid rock, a sacred, hallowed land. Yet someone's decision, sowing seeds of division, still a house divided, cannot and will not stand. Well, family, that is number six of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. I pray that you all understand that we must stand together in unity as any house divided and any nation divided cannot and will not stand. I need you and you need me. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing with me. Please be looking for my preview on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. and a new broadcast on Thursday mornings. I pray this episode has blessed you in some way as it is my desire to uplift, encourage, and empower. Don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn page. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows, you might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.